Section86.com. We're changing the world of podcasting one show at a time. 86 Productions. Annual WrestleMania post show. You're in a, for a real treat tonight as we have Aaron, Doug, and Roger join Andrews. We discuss some matches and, uh, well, the outcomes of WrestleMania 37 and TakeOver as well. So, Aaron, let's just talk about the main event. We just, it just got over with not that long ago. We had Rowan Reigns taking on Edge, taking on Dan O'Brien. What happened here? Yeah, so um, I actually, it's kind of amazing, but uh, both Doug and I got um, this one right because, you know, Roman Reigns pinned Edge, who was pinning Daniel Bryan. So technically, didn't both of them win? Like, you know, isn't that how it works? I don't know, right? No? Oh, no, uh, anyway, though, uh, the, the match itself, I enjoyed. I thought it was uh, it was interesting. I like the fact that Uso was out there, uh, that Jay was out there and attacked, and it was essentially like a two-on-one-on-one match. Uh, I thought that was uh, pretty ingenious. Um, you know, the match was fine. It, I don't know if it felt like a WrestleMania main event, but it felt like a really good pay-per-view main event. Uh, you know, but not every WrestleMania, you go home happy, you know, uh, the main event, it's not always the good guy that's going to come out on top. Cause if it is, you know, uh, it's going to be very predictable, but, uh, I, I, the way they were building it up, Dana Bryan winning, I think would have been really, really smart here. Uh, but they obviously have something in, in place, something planned for Roman Reigns uh, going forward. At least that's what it seems like. This was uh, with with Roman winning, I think, has the best outcome in the aspect of now Daniel Bryan and Edge can feud uh, out of this coming out of it. Um, each one of them costing, I guess, each other the chance at winning tonight. Uh, but I just there's a couple things that I've always realized with WrestleMania is you send the crowd home. Happy is one of the rules. And then two is there's rarely ever outside interference. And Jay really felt like the extreme outside interference to this match to a point where it's like, it it didn't end any feuds. And that's what I expect out of WrestleMania. So uh, a little bit down on this, fight just due to the fact that it broke both those rules. I would have liked if, if Daniel Bryan won, I would have been happy with Edge winning and it being basically a straight up, you know, you know, the triple threat match where you have the hardcore stuff, but no outside interference. Moment that they have tried to do with Roman two to three times before and it fell flat and they finally, as a heel, got the moment that Roman deserves now, which is he actually, based on his work since returning, he deserved to be in this spot. I have no problem with him winning. Um, I actually don't even have a problem with him winning in almost a Reddit-like fashion where we always joked about, like, isn't that something that Roman will probably just knock out both guys and pin them? And that's what he did. He literally pinned both of his competitors, and he looked like a, a beast. Like, I, I have no issues with this. He continues to look like the – he's not Brock Lesnar dominant, but he is very clearly the alpha of the card, and I have no problem with that. I would have been fine with Brian winning. That was the story I wanted. I would have been fine with Edge winning. I think Brian and Edge will feud now to themselves. I think Roman should go on to bigger and better things and continue to, you know, fight some other guys. I'd love to see, you know, him and Cesaro. I'd love to see him and Big E. I think I even mentioned that. But I, I don't have a problem with this. I thought it was a good match. I don't think this was an epic match. This wasn't WrestleMania 31 with the triple threat where Steph interferes. This isn't WrestleMania 30 where Brian gets his awesome moment. This is a solid match. It's better than last year's. It's certainly better than the 35 triple threat. Um, but I, I, I liked the big fight feel. I, I thought this reminded me a lot of 31 in that it felt like all three of these people belonged and the crowd was into it. And it, it, it felt like we were watching WrestleMania. Yeah. And you know, overall uh, I was really happy uh, with the match, not the outcome, but the match itself. I thought they set a lot of things up pretty well. Um, the finish was, uh, I mean, it was interesting how he, you know, pinned two guys, but all right, whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I don't know from what we're going to do from Rowan from this point on, but anyways, um, the one thing that I'm, I was really happy about is on night one, we, we had Bianca Belair take on Sasha Banks and Roger, what was the outcome of this one? Um, we have a new SmackDown women's champion. And I thought Sasha was going to win, but this was absolutely the right call. 
WrestleMania is supposed to build stars. And Sasha Banks made Bianca Bella look like a star. That spot um, where she gorilla presses Sasha and walks up the stairs, my wife had walked in and watched it. And she was like, okay, that was amazing. Like, that is one of those things that even if you don't watch wrestling, you see something like that and you go, that is a display of power. I also absolutely loved the story they told with her long hair. Um, Sasha kept using it and kept using it. Finally, Bianca had enough and whipped her. And that was one of the most loud smacks I heard all night. It was great. I, I thought they did a really good job with this match. I think they made a star and that's one of the things they've struggled to do for a very long time, but they gave Bianca the moment she deserves and good for them. Um, this is what I think you should have had. It was probably, I'm going to say match at WrestleMania. Uh, this was a beautifully told story between both of them. Uh, you could see at points where both of them could have won. Um, like Roger said, when she finally smacked her with the hair, the, the mark that it left on Sasha Banks, seriously. Wow. Uh, but great feel good moment too. Uh, you saw the whole family and, you know, this is one of those aspects where the crowd really helped enhance the, the match itself. And everybody's cheering her family's there. Montez Ford runs out at the very end and gives her a big old hug and everything. So uh, this was your very good feel good moment after a classic match. Yeah. And the crowd, that was one of the biggest things having the crowd there really made it so much better. And I, you could feel even at the beginning of the match, you know, you could see like she was crying, like she got those tears of joy, like realizing just what this moment meant. And I, I think that's great. You know, and the the moment that moment that match was going on last I was like, oh, all right. You know, what? I, I had the wrong pick for this. You know, like I just knew immediately. I, but, you know, even like during that, like when we were picking, uh, you know, Bianca is the right choice for that. But just like we're going to talk about in a little bit. It's WWE. So like when we're doing our picks, it's not necessarily about going what the most logical choice is. You know, sometimes it's like, you know what, maybe they're going to like try to hold it off for a little bit and then give her her moment and like a couple pay-per-views from now and when it's not as big, you know, and luckily WWE didn't do that. So uh, the match was very good. I, I wouldn't say it's my match of the weekend, but probably I would say maybe number two, maybe number three, but probably I'd say probably number two for me. Uh, is very, very well good. for WrestleMania. I think it's probably has to be number one. It was either that or uh, New Day taking on, you know, AJ and Omos. But um, but anyways, uh, I, I want to actually talk about another another match that uh, uh, actually started off uh, Saturday night. Uh, well, in a rain delay, uh, Bobby Lashley took on Drew McIntyre and everyone thought one thing Drew McIntyre was definitely going to retain here because he needed that WrestleMania moment. So, um, Doug, what happened here? This was great. Uh, I even though I picked uh, Drew McIntyre to win, Bobby Lashley retains after having McIntyre pass out to the hurt lock, and he wasn't passed out long. I did notice that, but um, the 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 setup to the finish was a little bit screwy too, and just the fact that I don't know if MVP was supposed to grab like uh, Drew McIntyre's foot. But the quote unquote distraction that made him miss the Claymore, um, that was a little bit iffy on my part. But uh, I enjoyed this match and I have no problem with this outcome. This was, you know, it makes uh, Bobby Lashley look like a dominant champion and uh, helps set him up as an end boss. Yeah, I agree. And it was it was the right call, you know, uh, again, what we had talked about with our picks, it was like, you know, it would have been fine, but. It was a better you have a better story that you're going to tell having Bobby Lashley win. And personally, you know, Bobby Lashley is the champion of Monday night. If they play their cards right, you know, they've been talking about it for years. You know, fans have wanted this. And like if they are able to get fans at SummerSlam 2021 and you have Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar, that would be money. That would be absolutely insane. You don't do that. And Bobby Lashley, though. I mean, they could. They no, could. No, you would have to do that at WrestleMania because you you would, like they would be. I think that would make better sense to do at WrestleMania. You know, but they, there's big matches that happen at SummerSlam. SummerSlam is their you know quote unquote number two. It's you know number two, number it, three pay per view. It's number three. Rumble's there yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, so like that's where they have big matches. There are you know uh, partway through the year that is where you have your second big matches uh, is there. Um. So I, I've said many times, I didn't like the build in this. I, I thought they got 
this way and the wrong way. If this was a WrestleMania match, they shouldn't have had that match two months after McIntyre won the title at all. I didn't like that. They used Miz as a transitional champion here. I thought Lashley should have simply just straight up beat him in the elimination chamber. And then this is kind of the, the second match. I think the right person won. I have no problem with Lashley winning. I think it was a good idea. I, in fact, think this should be the end of McIntyre on Raw. Um, we talked about earlier, what should Roman do next? Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns was a great match at Survivor Series. I want to see part two. And if that's at SummerSlam on SmackDown, great. I just, this match kind of fell flat for me. The, the, the MVP distraction, I don't know if that was a miscue or that was just a poorly designed spot, but that it looked dumb. Like he didn't even jump on the apron. He just like yelled from the outside. McIntyre sits there and he's like looking for him to do something. And then he just turns and misses the claymore. I was like, that's it. That's all it takes to distract a guy in a championship match. I was like, that's weak. Um, finish was fine. He passes on the hurt lock. McIntyre doesn't look weak. I don't know. This match just didn't hit for me. You know, there's a certain way I like a big guy match. Brock versus Roman 31, right? Just a brutal affair where they beat the crap out of each other. This just kind of seemed like a good Monday Night Raw match, and this did not feel like a WrestleMania main event. I'm glad it wasn't a main event. I'm kind of surprised it went first because usually the first match is like a you know get the crowd excited and and have the babyface win and we're all happy. But it was fine. I just this didn't feel like a WrestleMania match. It didn't come out like a WrestleMania match. But I'm glad Lashley won. And uh, probably another one of the biggest matches we had. We had Oxa taking on Rhea Ripley um, for the Raw Women's Championship, and and uh, in this case. Uh, we, we all guessed it. Uh, Rhea came out on top of that. Um, so that's just one of those things. Uh, Doug, do you have anything to say about this match? Not really. I mean, this was uh, by design. Uh, everything went by design. Um, I thought it was a really good match. Um, you know, it's just, I, I think they kind of set it up perfectly where it was like once Rhea got the big uh, uh, entrance with the singer, I was like, oh, well, yeah, she could win. But then this was right after Big E also had a big entrance from a singer and then lost. So uh, it, it was kind of a like, wait a minute, all right, which one are they going to do? So it was uh, it was a good match, solid match, and look forward to see what uh, Ray Ripley does um, in the future. And congratulations to Asuka to having to put over another woman on the roster. So, what Oscar putting someone over? No, never. But oh, you know what? I thought they had some missed opportunities here too because they could have had Curry Sang come out and do something. But you know, and uh, the other thing, I, I was ticked about this. I really thought that we were going to see Ko jump off the um, the pirate ship. I, I was a little disappointed we didn't see that. But um, you know, what what can be said? Aaron, were you excited to see your boy Logan Paul? But, you know, it's funny. I was going to say he's your boy because I, I actually, uh, you know, I abdicated my responsibility for Logan. So, Andy, it is your, all yours now. All right. Uh, with that said, um, you know, I, they're, they, they're trying to get some views. Logan Paul is, I guess, somewhat popular on YouTube. That's not necessarily my domain, uh, but he's popular enough and he took a stunner and the crowd was booing him. So they were pretty happy when he took the stunner. I mean, I guess that's something. I can't believe that uh, he took it the way he did. Uh, I thought he was going to be dead, but, you know, whatever. But anytime you can can, uh, slap a punk like that, I I would do it. I'm going to quote Kevin Owens. I don't care about Logan Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. What about Cesaro taking on uh, Seth Rollins? What did you think about that one, Roger? Uh, Good match, which is to be expected between those two. Very surprising. Um, when you look at the way that their careers have gone, Seth Rollins is one of the golden boys of the company, has been showered in gold. Um, meanwhile, Cesaro has not. Uh, he's been a tag champion a bunch of times. I think he may have had a U.S. title run once back in the day. Um, but this this finally felt like, oh, maybe, maybe Cesaro is going to get that push that we've been waiting for. And maybe it does. Maybe it leads to something greater. I'm glad that he beat Seth in a really good match. I enjoyed the swing. He's always been over. The only thing I think that's always hurt Cesaro is that he's not a good talker. He's just, his promo game is subpar. If only there was some way that they could compensate for that by having some sort of method, or maybe if he had like an old partner who was pretty good on the microphone, who doesn't have a necessarily a great look, he's a little chubby around the midsection, but is a great talker and they have a history. They would have been able to actually, you know, hide him. You know, we need a hero in this scenario, but are you talking yeah. about me? Is, is that what you're saying? Like, 
Are I mean, you, are you Cesaro's former partner? I mean, did well, you guys you know, run together back in the day? We did. We did. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you abandon him the way you abandoned Andy in the last tag match, or did you actually back Cesaro up? Well, we're not talking about that right now. Oh, okay, cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just I think Cesaro has all the talent in the world. I I really hope he gets the push, but he's going to need somebody to talk for him, whether it's an underused superstar, a female valet, a manager, whatnot. Because for all of the in-ring talent that he has. In the E, you've got to be able to talk, and he's a mediocre talker, and that's probably generous. Yeah. So, you know, Doug, do you have anything to say that you do you think that we hit the we hit the right thing with here with uh, Seth putting over Cesaro in this match? Spalman said, uh, "I just just a little shocked due to the fact that you had Money Boy Seth Rollins and actually puts over Cesaro for for once. So maybe he has finally grabbed that brass ring." Well, we know Shane McMahon has. I mean, he had to put over Braun Strowman because Braun Strowman needed that one, right? Right, Roger? Had to put him over, yeah. Didn't he? Didn't he? Yeah, he had to. He's the best wrestler in the world, I heard. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll give Shane McMahon one thing. Uh, he took a bump, and uh, I don't think they did anything special because uh, uh, it just looked like he just hit the ring. And But it, he wasn't up that much higher, so... There's that. He jumped though. Like he was at the top. It was, you know, like how sometimes where they say like, oh, he, it came from the top, but it's like, well, but he's sitting there and he like, kind of like, you know, slightly jumped off. It's like, it's slightly better, right? Like it's not like it's great. It's slightly better. Uh, Shane McMahon jumped from the top and flipped. So like, and it did not look like there was extra padding there. I, I, that was a bump. I said to Doug, like, you know, I'm 38 years old and I wouldn't have taken that bump 20 years ago. You know, like you would have to pay me a lot of money to take that bump. And Shane McMahon is like 10, 15 years older than me. Like that was that was pretty nuts. So he, and a lot richer. That is true. That is That's true. like the thing that also is weird to me for a guy who is like, look, Shane McMahon can never do a thing and he's set for life. Yet this guy is taking bumps that I mean, he, you know, he could have very easily landed the wrong way. And that's serious damage like that. You know, that's, mm-hmm. he's not. A, he, I know he's trained, but he's not a guy who wrestles more than what once a year, once every other year. I don't know when the last time he's wrestled. Um, but boy, I didn't give a crap about this match. Like it, I had I, if you would have said my excitement level from one to ten, I would have given you a zero. <laughs> and this somehow failed to meet that level of excitement. Like I just wanted it to be over. I fast forwarded through. It just sucked. I just, I don't see what anyone gained from this. Does Braun Strowman look more intimidating that he beat a winded old Shane McMahon? Do I come out thinking as a fan, like, wow, this guy's really awesome. He beat up the boss's son. Like, cool. Um, did Riker and Elias, or was it Riker and Elias? Mm-hmm. That attacked him. Like I, everything about this was dumb. It just, there was no need for this. This belongs on raw. This does not belong. This probably belonged on main event. This does not belong. on <laughs> This was stupid. Um, and this isn't even close to the dumbest thing they did all night, but this, <laughs> this was stupid. I will say if, if you Frankensteined night one and two and you took the best matches and you know, you were able to like position it correctly in the car. Cause you know, you do have to, you can't just have, you know, great match after great match. Uh, if you did position it correctly, like WrestleMania would have been like a fantastic show. Like WrestleMania 37, you have four hours of like really great matches. This one would have been cut as you know, like you said, it would have been on main event. You know, that, that would, that's where it would have been, you know, mm-hmm. for sure. The pre-show pre-show. Yeah. And you know, we this, got, we got to give, yeah. uh, I think we got to give credit to one thing, one thing about on, uh, especially on night one, we had a uh, superstar for the first time coming and uh, be, being represented in a tag match with AJ Styles, and he just came in and just tore it up. Um, Doug, you want to talk about him? Uh, this makes AJ Styles a Grand Slam champion, giving him the tag titles. So congratulations to AJ for accomplishing that feat, and welcome along Amos for for the ride, I guess. How do now, you, Andy, how, how do you look at in the ring, Aaron? Well, uh, you know, he, he, he looked like, uh, you know, Roger will tell you who he looked like in a moment. But, Andy, I got to ask you because, um, you know, a lot of people, they have, you know, their posse. And apparently I just posse, which I know that you're uh, a fan of and you're part of. Uh, so, Andy, are you an homo sapien? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All <Roger>. right. So- <laughs> Yeah, Roger. Um, what, was the, what was the nickname you gave him again? Oh, you mean the Black Kali? Um, yeah, I nothing about Hall of Famer. Yeah, sure. Uh, I, 
if you thought that he was going to come in and do anything other than this, you have not been watching wrestling long enough. This is literally exactly what I expected him to do, which is he was going to be. And, and let me say, I give new day credit. I also would have given this match a zero on my expectation level. And new day did a great job of flipping the dynamic. They basically wrestled like heels, despite being the clear baby faces. They cut off the ring. They put AJ as the heel in uh, peril, which is not something you can do very easily. The crowd was 100% behind New Day, and when AJ finally made the tag, the crowd did cheer because they wanted to see it, but you knew the match was over. But mm-hmm. at that point, it was basically the New Day is dead. They just don't understand it yet. Mm-hmm. And he destroyed them. Let me say one thing. The ending. I get it. I have no problem with almost looking strong. But there are two members of New Day. Did you really have to pin the guy who won the world championship two years ago with one foot? Like, isn't that something you can do to Xavier Woods and nothing of value is lost? And I love Xavier. I'm not saying that as an insult. I'm just saying one of them is a surefire Hall of Famer, former WWE champion, has been decorated with gold. I don't think Xavier's ever won singles gold. I don't think his career is hurt at all by getting pinned one foot by almost. It's like, just switch that order around and you would have been fine. This is very Kevin Nash, Shawn Michaels. This, you know, almost most certainly is the big guy. I'm looking forward to their inevitable split when AJ gets mad and slaps him across the face and almost choke slams him to hell. Um, but this tag run will be fun. AJ has entered that Kurt Angle territory where he is a dork. And it's awesome because he's still better than you in the ring. Like, it's one of those things that he looks goofy. He does stupid stuff. He has a bit of a Karen haircut. And yet, despite all of that, he will out-wrestle you in that ring and run circles around you. I mean, that phenomenal form off of Omos was pretty cool looking, and they're going to be a good team. Like, as long as they use that formula, let AJ do 90% of the work and let Omos come in and do exactly what he needs to do, that's totally fine. Also, when AJ drops a no-Omo line, I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> so, Andy, are there any other matches that you saw yeah, we, that you want to go we need to talk about. We need to talk about one of the matches of the night. And uh, match of the night has to go to Bad Bunny taking on The Miz. The Bad Bunny decides to actually do a good job. But if it wasn't for The Miz just selling properly, making him look like a million bucks, I mean, this is nothing. So kudos to The Miz for, uh, again, tearing it up on WrestleMania and having to put over someone because, you know, he is just the most underrated, underrated superstar, period. I got nothing. I, I know another match that we need to talk about that we haven't talked about yet. Um, and I'm going to say this. I should have known better. I said it in our predictions. I, I've said it because I've said before, <laughs> when there is an opportunity to cut Bray Wyatt off at the knees, the WWE will never miss. How on earth did Bray Wyatt lose this match? Like, someone please make sense to me of this. How did The Fiend and Wyatt lose to Orton in a match where he had already been, I believe, what, burned alive back in uh, December? So this was essentially the revenge. This is the babyface making his big triumphant return. Like, is is Randy Orton channeling Triple H? Am I missing something here? Like, what? what I, Bray Wyatt will always be a bridesmaid forever and ever. My question on this match is, remember when Seth Rollins was fighting the Fiend and he had to do like 13 curb stomps in order to pin him? Randy Orton did one RKO in this match. One, and that was enough for the pin. I, when that happened and he, I I was like, oh, oh no, that three's coming down. It was like, I, I, where is when Randy Orton set him on fire, right? And then you had Alexa Bliss pin Randy Orton in their match, which was just like, okay, you know, they're doing that to set up him versus Bray Wyatt. This is that like we're setting this up. We know what the outcome is going to be. You don't have to subvert expectations. You know, it's just like Dan Bryan winning at 30. You know that was going to happen, right? You didn't have to do anything crazy. And this is a like, yep, Bray Wyatt's going to win. He's going to go on and be this mega heel. This is what you do. This is what you're supposed to do. And I don't know if they're trying to have it go further or what the plan is for Orton. I'm not interested in it. 
I don't think I think that this this just, you know, I think as Roger had said, like just kneecapped him. This just makes Bray Wyatt instead of that undertaker like phenomenon. It just makes him a like boogeyman, you know, and in 10 years he's going to be doing, you know, fun little skits. I'm the fiend, you know, I'm going to eat worms like it, it. This is. I I've I don't know if I've oh, no I take that back I have been more disappointed in them I haven't been more disappointed in them in the last five months how about that I will say that much uh, than them having Bray Wyatt lose here Alexa looked cool though she did yeah she did um, you guys want to hear a fun stat Let's talk about Bray Wyatt real quick and I know you know wins and losses aren't WWE's things here's Bray Wyatt's record at WrestleMania John Cena at WrestleMania 30 Undertaker at WrestleMania 31. Uh, I believe he didn't wrestle his buddy got pinned in six seconds. Uh, 33, he lost to Randy Orton 34. He wasn't there because I think he was hurt. Uh, 35. I don't believe he wrestled. I don't think he was on the card. 36. I guess he won. I don't know. I don't know how you count the firefly Funhouse. That was an experience. And then he lost to Randy Orton. So over the last seven years, the only win he's gotten was a alternate dimension match against a guy who just John Cena's long since retired. Is this the next Undertaker? Because this is the I'm next pretty, streak. Yeah, I mean, at this point, is this like a running gag? Is the is the point that Fiend doesn't care about winning matches? And and to Doug's point, Seth Rollins had to kill him to stop him, but Goldberg can jackhammer him, and by jackhammer. I mean, ugly vertical suplex <laughs> and Randy Orton can RKO him one time. Like, I don't believe he hit a second RKO or a punt or a stomp or a concerto or a sledgehammer, just one RKO. And look, I thought it was a kick out. I looked away. I didn't even believe that that match was, I was like, oh, this is just going to be a kick out. And then he's going to mend. We'll call him. Oh, nope. That's it. He pinned him. It, it was just like before at 33, one RKO pins Bray Wyatt game over yeah so i guess that's the is that the story of wrestlemania though uh, uh i don't know um i i'm i'm i was overall happy with the show um you know uh doug i'm curious uh as a show overall what did you think of it mm, i think i called it a little bit right uh and the fact that it was one giant loop it went up and up with nxt and then down and down with wrestlemania uh i uh, surprisingly, I think I enjoyed night one way better than I did night two. So this was just, it just kept going right down. I believe I set my expectations at a three. I don't know that they met those expectations. I, I think there were some good moments for sure. Bianca winning is a great moment. Um, Ray Ripley getting her moment was a good moment, but there was, Far too much irrelevant and a bit too much bad. Even even the main event, I actually enjoyed Brian Wynn in such a dominant fashion. I thought it was well done, but this this card didn't feel special. It, it didn't feel like WrestleMania. It didn't feel like the Super Bowl of wrestling. It felt kind of more like Monday Night Raw. Like this, nothing about this would I tell a non wrestling fan, "Hey, you need to watch this." Like there is other than maybe Sasha versus Bianca, there's nothing from this that we will look back and say, this is a must see the way that we Ronda Rousey's debut at 34. Got to see that match. That was awesome. Um, you know, if you talk about WrestleMania 30, Hey, you need to see Brian win the title. That's a moment. Heist of the century, 31, 32, the women's triple threat. There's always that one match that you go back and say, you absolutely must watch that. I don't think this night had that. And he didn't have that special moment other than, you know, the feel good moment of Bianca winning was great. But it, I don't know. It just was it was there. And by the end of it, I was like, yeah, that was OK. But it wasn't special. And it 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 suffered from really, really poor build. And truth be told, the storylines going into this night were ranging from average to pathetic. And it suffers, you know, it matches. And we'll talk about this a little bit more in NXT. When you have a good story and you have a good build, the match is always better. And when you don't have that, you put a limit on how good your night can be. And I, I, like I said, this failed to meet my very low expectations. And so I'm in agreement with Doug. Uh, I, I expected night two to be way better. And so when I said, I, I said, I expected a three and a six, you know, for night one, the night two. And, uh, 
night one met those expectations is probably like a four, but night two, you had such good possibilities with the matches that were there and it, it, it didn't meet any of them. You know, the best match of, of night two, I think probably was the triple threat, the main event. And that, you know, like I said, I mean, that's like a, it was a good other pay-per-view ender. That's the main event for TLC. That's the main event for backlash. That's a like, Oh, that was a really good ending. You know, that's not a WrestleMania main event. You know, I think the best match personally for me, I really liked Cesaro and uh, Seth Rollins match. That's probably my match of the weekend, uh, you know, from those two. Uh, but that also was a like that was a very good raw main event. You know, that'd be a good like um, second, you know, main event for, you know, backlash. Right. That's the the lead up to the main event. Um, you know, that that wasn't the 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 match. And so. You know, unfortunately, like like Roger said, you know, I would not tell somebody like you got to see this year's WrestleMania or you have like I would say that's the best match, but that's not a must see. Oh, wait, you said over the weekend that was I think he means of WrestleMania, WrestleMania like Saturday. Sunday. OK, OK, OK. The right. weekend. Yes. All right. I just wanted yeah. to clarify that. All right. Thank you. Yeah. No, not no. the singer of the weekend. Not, yes. the, not yeah. the guy who sent. No, no. no. Yeah. No, no. And Andy, I actually let me ask you because uh, your expectations, you know, you said you were at a five or a six. Did they meet that? Did they just not meet it? Uh, night one hit it. Um, I was pretty good moment. Um, I. Oh, gosh. Was was. Uh, yeah. AJ almost was uh, night one because I just crapped on that. I was laughing so hard. Such a bad match. Um, and, uh, all the botches, uh, and mortar malfunctions, of course, in the women's tag match, which still didn't make sense to me, but, uh, bad bunny has impressed me. I will say that I'm not, I don't say, Hey, continue. But, uh, the fact that he worked hard and actually looked good, um, especially with Damian priest being injured, uh, I'll give him credit on that one. I think, uh, that's, I have to do that. So, but yeah, o- overall it was WrestleMania and we're doing our show and, and I'm like, let's talk about TakeOver now. Um, so, yeah, yeah so let's, 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 let's talk about NXT let's TakeOver, takeover uh, Stand and Deliver. Two-night event on, you could watch it on Peacock both nights if you wanted to, or you could watch it on USA with commercials. Uh, so, of course, I watched on Peacock. Uh, then, uh, of course, night two was on, exclusively on Peacock and WWE Network uh, if you're elsewhere. So, um, let's just talk about it. Um, at first, should we talk about the uh, main event. What do you think, Aaron? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, the match was fine. Uh, you know, I I don't think I really care for unsanctioned matches. But, uh, you know, because we watch AEW and NXT, and you know, you have Raw and SmackDown. Unfortunately, you are going to get matches that on WWE TV doesn't happen that often. But if you know between the three or four, uh, you will get them a little bit more often. And we've had unsanctioned matches recently with AEW, so. I, you know, I don't know. It was fine. You know, I, I think I would have had this, you know, be the the lead up to the main event. Um, I think I had too high of expectations for this match. Is with it um, is I was expecting this to be like a 10 and it was probably like an eight, you know, uh, which is good. Uh, but it, it didn't hit my 10. Uh, I agree with Aaron in the fact that it's, <laughs> this is one of those things. It's just the the lead up to it was just so great. And then um I think I also kind of had a little bit of an issue where I had to go to work, so I missed the last, like, five minutes of the match and didn't get to see the outcome. But um, when when I read about it and and then eventually saw it, I was like, okay, it's kind of what I predicted it to happen and and everything like that. So, again, by the numbers match and did what it was supposed to do, and Kyle O'Reilly went over so that they can fight again later. But Andy, I'm kind of more curious about how you feel about this match due to the fact that you were the only one to pick Adam Cole, baby. Baby. I really, 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 really thought that some way, somehow, Adam would uh, sneak his way into winning, or that maybe someone would help him win. That's what I really thought was going to happen. Uh, but in this case, uh, I should have listened to you guys. If it's unsanctioned, you know that uh, the. Basically, whoever is the more popular guy has to put over the one guy because then he can turn around and at some point is you know later on he could say you never beat me, it was unsanctioned. Let's make it a real match or whatever. So, uh, so I do like that aspect of it. Um, but yeah, it, it was good. I I really have no complaints. Uh, Roger, did you think that uh, Adam? Do you think Adam actually did a great job actually just letting uh, 
Kyle look good in this? Uh, okay, so Aaron made a point that I think is very true for me as well. My expectations were too high. I I came into this as hyped as I was going into Ciampa vs. Gargano from about three years ago. And this this really wasn't that. And and I mentioned this before we talk about, you know, why story matters. When you look back and you think about what Ciampa did to Gargano, turning on him when they were a face tag team, it was the betrayal of the century. You know, we'd seen the logo that came from, and it really felt like I want to see Gargano beat the absolute crap out of Ciampa. And then Ciampa goes away and Johnny's dealing with the DIY stuff and he finally gets the title shot and then he gets stabbed in the back. So we got a solid nine months worth of build for a great match. And the match was basically perfect. I think I had it as my match of the year that year. It was outstanding. We kind of fast forward now to, to Kyle O'Reilly and Cole. And yeah, Cole turned on him, but but the Undisputed Era were still heels. Like they were playing tweeners, but Cole has always been a heel. He's a bad guy. And bad guys turning on other bad guys doesn't hit the same way as when a, two good guys, one of them stabs the other one in the back. And then, unfortunately, Kyle O'Reilly, for as great as he is in the ring, should never be put in a position where he needs to promo Adam Cole one-on-one. That is the biggest mismatch you will ever see. And when they did that sit down at the top of the stage and you listen to Adam Cole speak with such passion and conviction and everything he said was right. Kyle O'Reilly was acting like a sidekick. He was trying to recruit Finn Balor and he's shaking his hand talking about, Oh, I respect you. You're a great champion. Adam Cole is like, that's not who we are. That's not what we do. We go in there, we beat people up, we do what it takes to win, and now you want to be all nice and soft. And it's not even like your method is working. Like, you're losing title matches, and you're just like, well, that's cool. I came away from that promo thinking Adam Cole is 100% right, despite the fact he kicked you in the face and tried to end your career, because everything he's saying sounded believable. And Kyle's like, well, I became a better person. I don't care. Like, I mean, cool, but big, big deal. Like, that's just a dumb reason for you guys to be feuding. And the match... Look, it was good. It was a bit too self-indulgent. It, it just felt 10, 15 minutes too long, kind of like what you used to say about Triple H's matches at Mania. This was a 35-minute match that probably could have been 20 to 25 minutes. I didn't love the chain spots around the, the the knee. Like That just seemed really convoluted and stupid to me. Like he, he At one point, I know he wraps it around, he starts doing the kicks, and I'm like, this is dumb. And then he did the big knee drop, and I was like, boy, I hope he doesn't like give himself not enough slack and just like get snatched out of the air when he comes down. Um it just, it wasn't what I wanted it to be. It wasn't bad. Like the right guy won. I, I 100% am glad that Kyle went over, but you know, when Ciampa and Gargano did this, there was such an emotion from the crowd, right? Ciampa got the most heat I ever heard without music. He came out and the whole crowd wanted to rush the ring and kill him. Like you wanted to see Johnny win more than anything that mattered. And it was a moment when Kyle O'Reilly won. It was just kind of like, okay, like, it, just, it was fine but it didn't evoke any emotion. The crowd was not really all that into Kyle O'Reilly. Like uh, I think Aaron and I watched uh, take over New York. And at first Cole gets cheered over Gargano. Like it's very apparent that the crowd loves Cole and Johnny within 10 minutes wins them back. And by the time they're getting to that final fall, the crowd is going crazy for Gargano. O'Reilly never really won that crowd over. Like they were always kind of cheering for Cole. I think really my favorite moment of the night was when the referee got in Cole's face and Cole smacked him out of the way. He's like, this is unsanctioned. I can do what I want. And it was, you know, Adam Cole came away looking like the more logical player here. And it was just like, it wasn't bad, but it, it, my expectations were too high for what they were trying to do with this match. All right. Yeah. So in, in all in all, uh, I would, it, to me, this was not match of the weekend, but it was, yeah, let's just say it was, um, but yeah. So you liked it that much, that, that was your favorite match of the two nights for NXT. Cause obviously the NXT, like, Far and above, the ma- vast majority of those matches are going to be well above the WrestleMania matches. Oh well, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, overall, I mean, I think that was probably that one I really liked. Overall, I mean, I thought that uh, I, I really liked what Champa did with uh, um, Walter because it, Walter, I mean, I mean, very very impressive. Um, and I, you know, that's the whole point. Of course, you know, now NXT uh, UK, they're back, so. Yeah, I, I will say I had lower expectations going in, which I think probably helped out, you know, sometimes like going in with low expectations, you know, uh, obviously with the reverse with, uh, you know, the main event there. Um, I was expecting them to kind of have a mismatch of styles. And, you know, I I don't think I should uh, underestimate 
what uh, Chomp, not just Champa, but even Walter can do. You know what what he was able to sell for Champa and make Champa look really good. That's you know that to me, if anything else, that says like, oh, this is a guy that you know you put him on Raw or on SmackDown. Hopefully, he never goes there. But if you happen to, uh, he could go against somebody like an AJ Styles, for example, as a heel and make AJ look even better than what he is. And that's that's a good thing. That's actually uh, like. That made me say, like, oh, I, I already like Walter, but, like, right, he can do even better. Um, but, yeah, the match was definitely really good. I I wouldn't say this was my match of the night. Uh, you know, I don't know if we'll, we'll get to it because there, there were a lot of matches. We don't need to talk about all of them. But, uh, Roger, I think that on the the uh, call or on uh, the, the show last time, yeah, I think you said you were really hyped for this match. I was. Um, both of these guys are excellent. I, I love both of them and they met my expectations. They exceeded it. I, I think this match was better than even I thought it might be because I was also a little bit concerned. This could be a mismatch of styles. And yet I think they meshed perfectly. I look, I knew, I think everyone knew Walter was going to win, but it was a matter of how would they get to that ending? And it was really good. One of the things I love about Walter is that he doesn't have a like clearly defined finisher. He can beat you in about four different ways. And all of those moves look nice. Like they're, they're simple, but effective. So when he hits you with a power bomb, it could be the end. The false finish feels real. When he hits you with that burning lariat, that could be the end. When he hits you with that choke out, it could be the end. Uh, I believe he won this match and he went with like a, a chop or something like mm-hmm. that, like a running mm-hmm. and which also could be the end. So it's like his matches just had that feel of, you have no idea what is going to happen. And I enjoyed every moment of this. I think Ciampa and Johnny Gargano are probably the two most valuable pieces in um, NXT. And the reason is you can move them up and down the card as necessary and get a great match out of nearly everyone. And they're just, they're versatile, right? Like if you know anything about chess, they're those, they're like the Queens, right? You can move them around and do exactly whatever you need to do. And they fit everywhere. They can go up and down. They can go left and right. Ciampa and Gargano both play good heels, but they both play good faces. I really enjoyed this match. I hope Ciampa never leaves. Like he will never be utilized as well as he's utilized here. And as far as Walter goes, he continues to be the most dominant champion in the entire company. And that's fantastic. Really fantastic. Uh, There's not much more I can add. I just thought Walter looked dominant in this match uh, while also having Ciampa be believable in the aspect that he could beat him. So two great wrestlers going at it, uh, had a great match and enjoyed every minute of it. Next we had uh, EO take on uh, Raquel uh, Gonzalez. And uh, I was, uh, I mean, I think we pretty much uh, were in agreement on who was going to win, but uh, I, uh, I, I'm i still kind of curious. Aaron, did you think that uh, at least uh, EO was able to uh, make her look good? Yeah, and, uh, you know, Raquel, they built her up as a monster, and, you know, this was the one match that she's had where I was like, okay, it could go either way, but it, it's made for Raquel to get that win and have EO potentially go to a Raw or SmackDown, uh, the one thing, and it's the same thing with the men's main event, uh, the, the men's, um, NXT title match is who do they have lined up? Like, do they have somebody in mind who is going to be the one to take that person down? Because like with the men's, you have to have a very dominant person to take that title away. And, you know, Raquel, you know, if you look at her, she's nearly six feet tall. She's like five ten, five eleven, and she towers over the other women. I, you know, I, I want to say they have her build at five one, you know, and she is a lot bigger than her. So you have to have somebody that's going to be dominant enough to take that away. And you don't have uh Ray Ripley down there anymore. You know, that'd be one that I would potentially think of, but she's obviously on, on, you know, raw. So do they have somebody in line for that? And maybe they're not thinking about it yet. Maybe she's going to have a, you know, 300 day run with the title. I don't know. But it was a good match, and you know, is it was very serviceable and did what it needed to do. Um, yeah, I mean, really, the reason I picked EO to retain is that I just didn't think that there was anybody next in line for her, and I thought Raquel Gonzalez is the type of woman with her size and intimidating presence, and the type of women they have up on Raw and SmackDown, whether it be Bianca, Rhea, Shayna, Nia, Tamina, right? The large women are on Raw and SmackDown, so you can send Raquel up there and have believable opponents. Whereas if I look at the women down at NXT, they don't, I don't know that they have anyone built up and believable who could, you know, Ember Moon, I guess you could build her up to take her on because Ember is a former NXT champion. Uh, Tony Storm's a heel right now. It's just, you know, I feel made her look good. And to be honest, when they had Stephanie with that, change my pick, like I'm wrong. Like percent, I know EO's losing now because she's gone. 
Um, I'm sure EO and Oscar will be called up in the Kabuki warriors part two now. Uh, yeah, I just, it was fine. The one thing that surprised me was the pop that she got when she won the crown seemed quite excited. Um, I don't know if that means a face turn. I like, I, I saw, at least from what I recall, I, I remember seeing them actually like cheering for her. Um, so maybe her and Dakota split at some point. I don't know, but this is, I think if we were to discuss the, uh, lineage of the NXT women's championship, Raquel is definitely towards the bottom as far as, uh, talented wrestlers to hold the title. Um, that doesn't mean she can't get better. She just, I would say that she's okay. She's not, and she's not a great promo. So what are we doing with this? I mean, but when you think about that, look at, look at all the NXT women champions. There's, I mean, when you think about it, you know, you have Charlotte, Becky Lynch, you know, Becky. Not Becky. Huh? Not Becky. Not Becky. Never. Oh, that's right. Becky didn't. You're right. That's right. She not yet, at least. Not yet. Yeah. Yeah, not yet. She might come back and do that. But yeah. Bianca so. Bell, I never won it either. Now, Doug, uh, do you want to talk more about that match or do you want to go straight into the men's? Let's go to the men's. Right. What did you think about that? Because I know you and I were the only ones that picked Karrion Cross to win this. I oh, I picked Karrion Cross to win in a, in a smash match <clears throat> and just dominate Finn Balor. And it, it almost felt like the absolute opposite in the fact that it seemed like Balor just dominated the whole match. And then Karrion Cross just took all the offense that Balor had and finally finished him off and became the new NXT men's champion. Now, uh, Roger, you had and you had very sound logic. Definitely agreed with it, uh, with them calling up. Do you think that they are going to call up Finn or is this going to be it's going to be longer, uh, a little bit stretched out a little bit more between Karrion and Finn? I think their program is over, but I don't think Finn goes back to Raw or SmackDown like that. That just didn't work. It was very clear that Finn was unhappy. They didn't know how to use him. He was smiling Irish guy up on the main roster wearing stupid red trunks. So logically, he belongs in NXT. He should probably be there for life as long as he's with the company. I This match was interesting. I think it was a good match, but I have some qualms with it. For one, Finn dominated this match. Like This was very much like an um, old-school Hogan match. Hit his stuff and then game over. And, you know, like at the very end, I get what they were going for with like the emotion and the range. But that level of no selling where basically he went from almost out to just snapping and just beating Balor to a pulp with those strikes. And I was like, why? Like, where did that come from? That was odd. It was just I don't know. Something about that finish didn't gel to me. It's almost like they had a match planned out and then they put together a finish that didn't seem to go with the same match. And it was okay. I, I didn't hate it, but. I don't know that I like Cross as champion. He hasn't put on that match to me that makes me go, oh, this is one of the top guys in the world. And I just thought Finn Balor as your flag bearer is a much better move going forward, especially if he goes over Cross. He gives him the first loss. And I don't know, Finn Balor versus Walter to me, two dominant champions with Walter saying, hey, I want to see if I can be the first guy to hold both at the same time. That's a much more interesting program to me because now, yeah, the Balor goes and challenges have the same allure and same luster as if, you know, you had two champions at the top of their game going at it. Um, and yeah, we'll see. I, I thought Karen Cross was ready for the main roster and maybe it'll be a quick thing like Keith Lee. He loses it in a few months and he goes up. But I, I don't know. I'm not sold on Cross just yet. I actually think that's probably what's going to happen. I, I actually could see uh, Finn taking the title from him, you know, as given like the demon as the demon. You know, in a couple months, you know, at their their next main event or the next pay per view. I mean, and then Karrion just you know pieces out, and you know he was dominant on NXT. He got the title back. He's in one of the few two times, but then Finn becomes the only three time. You know, it's a, a special accolade. So that could potentially happen. Um, now there, there's only a, a few more matches, but uh, Andy, I think one that would be interesting to highlight was the the tag match, which was my personal match of the uh, uh, probably of you know, the entirety of WrestleMania week, um, I would say was MSK versus the grizzled young veterans versus, uh, the, uh, I'm going to mess it up, but, uh, Phantasma, uh, I'll just say Legato that. Legado de Phantasma. Yes. Uh, thank you, Roger, for that. Uh, MSK won a very emotional win for them. They were super excited about it. And, you know, I felt, you know, really happy for them. Uh, I think, uh, quality wise is probably my favorite, uh, match of the weekend. Andy, what say you? I don't agree. I, and and uh, the and this is why and it's a weird reason 
that match did not look like an NXT match. It looked like a AEW match. That's the only way I can explain it. And I think that's why I was disappointed because uh, it's like it was to me, it was, it was fast paced, but I thought they didn't take that time to like really like sell certain things. So that's my beef with it. I mean, it was a great match. And like and this is me also nitpicking it as well. But overall, um, I thought that it was just I mean, you basically had, you know, three teams just go at it and uh, on free TV, too. So can't say anything bad about that. Roger, is there any other matches you want to talk about uh, before we wrap things up? Um, gosh, just off the top of my head, I I don't know that this. Oh, I, there is one match: Gargano versus Bronson Reed. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for the tag match, I would actually have that match as my match of the weekend the, of the entire four nights. I thought it was fantastic. Bronson Reed over the two nights, he survived the Gauntlet Eliminator. I think he came in third. And still was able to win. I was shocked. Like I had Loomis winning because Loomis and uh, Gargano had been feuding, you know, for months. So you know, a good way to subvert expectations. I thought this made Bronson Reed look like a monster. The way that he survived those three house calls from um, Swerve Scott, and then the next night it took you know Johnny basically had to pull everything out of the arsenal to beat him. It made Gargano look great. You know, strong champion. I loved the fact that he hit two. It was just it was a really good story of. Um, colossal baby face versus, you know, annoying jerk uh, heel who re- did everything he needed to do to retain his title. But instead of him doing the, you know, oh, I'm going to cheat via low blow, I'm going to cheat via, you know, whatever dusty finish they do on the main roster, quote unquote, he just beat him. He just he just dug deeper and found a way to spike his head into the ground twice. And I loved it. That's that's the way I want title matches to be. It is OK to for a baby face to lose and still come out looking good. That's how I want Intercontinental and United States Championship matches to look as well. And how about you, Doug? Yeah, I was going to say definitely want to touch on this one just due to the fact that I think uh, this one benefited too from low expectations to, wow, this is a really, really good match. And to have Gargano win, uh, I don't think hurts Bronson Reed whatsoever. Um, I think both guys are kind of elevated by this in the aspect that Bronson Lee Reed looked good against a legit champ uh, being Gargano and they can always fight again later or uh, when Gargano loses it to somebody else, uh, Bronson Reed could fight for the NA title again. Um, it, it doesn't bury him at all. And, and he still has also the fallback in the fact that he had to wrestle twice in two nights. So, uh, you, you kind of save him that way too. So good, good match. Um, definitely. I think the surprise match of all the whole weekend, um, but it was still, it was just solid, solid stuff from Johnny takeover. The one thing I will say is actually kind of like that. They, we didn't know who was going to be his opponent. And I almost kind of hope that they do this every year where you have like some match. I see us where they don't have a particular opponent and then that way, the hype is actually then right before. You don't have, like, build up to it. And so that way, it's a surprise where, as you guys said, it could be a fantastic match that you didn't expect. Um, any, any other last matches that you want to go over? Nope. I think that's actually going to do it for uh, uh, this our uh, special again for this year. So we got talked about, you know, 12th annual uh, special. Usually we also throw in something about Hall of Fame in one of them, but we don't need to because really nothing happened with that. So. There is that. Maybe we'll get Bautista uh, next year. But overall, uh, yeah. So uh, thanks, guys, for coming on and doing the show tonight. And uh, that's all the time we have for this special. If you're into Twitter, you can follow the show at AllTheMark86. I want to thank 86 Productions for hosting and editing the podcast. And I want to thank all of our listeners for taking the time to download and listen to the show. And for Doug Hahn, Roger Cave, and Aaron Hughes, I'm Andrew Hughes. And until next time, we'll see you in the ring.